health information from experts, supported by research. From University of Utah Health, this is thescoperadio.com. The challenge to provide expanded asymptomatic COVID-19 testing for 62,000 University of Utah students, faculty, and staff. The solution is a story about innovation and collaboration and a group known mainly just to researchers called HSC Cores. Dr. Michael Good, CEO of University of Utah Health, the Dean of the University of Utah School of Medicine, and the Senior Vice President of Health Sciences visited HSC Cores to learn how they made it happen. Dr. Good, first of all, what was the main challenge when it came to making asymptomatic testing more widely available, and how did HSC Cores help solve that problem? We started that program last year uh, with those that lived in our dorm residence, but we're having trouble getting the capability, uh, enough tests uh, at an affordable cost, and was really pleased when our, through uh, Dr. Andy Wyrick, our Vice President for Research, uh, Dr. John Phillips, uh, and other members of our research community pointed out that we do PCR testing uh, in our core laboratories that we could probably scale this up. But also, you know, this innovation uh, starts with this capability in our lab, but it is surrounded by uh, our clinical operations team who set up a, uh, a methodology that specimens could be obtained in a very uh, efficient uh, manner. Uh, and then our IT teams had to come together. Uh, the notifications are automated. Uh, people get a, uh, uh, an email uh, notice back uh, with results uh, typically in somewhere between uh, four to 10 hours, um, almost always same day. And there's a, so there's a really neat and I think uniquely Utah a story there with related to IT, with related to clinical operations, with related to core lab um, PCR uh, capabilities, uh, all coming together to offer this great service to our um, team members uh, throughout the university. Just a great example of cross-campus collaboration to make more testing happen. But there was also some innovation going on, I understand, at HSC Cores in order to do the number of tests that were needed. Tell me a little bit about that. You saw what this system looks like, and I guess it was pretty incredible. First of all, uh, kind of at the heart of this, if you will, is a very clever, it's about, uh, oh, uh, an inch tall and maybe uh, three-eighths of an inch wide, a very small uh, collection tube uh, that has an orange cap on it. In the little bag with the collection tube is a funnel and a toothpick. When you first see that, you say, well, what's that for? And then <laughs> later on, you say, that is so amazing. So first of all, you take the cap off of the, uh, the orange cap off of the collection device. You drop the funnel in. And as the team will tell you, they'd actually like you to drool rather than spit. We do know that saliva carries the, the coronavirus. Work by our faculty showed that actually saliva uh, is a reliable source for uh, doing these tests. So anyway, uh, put the funnel into the little uh, collection tube and then uh, drool until uh, the, the one inch or so tube is uh, filled up. Now, this is where the toothpick comes in handy because <laughs> on occasion you'll get an airlock. Uh, the, the, your drool, your saliva will be in the funnel, 
but it won't make be wake, making its way down into the uh, collection device. So you take the toothpick and just kind of help break that airlock and uh, get the saliva into the tube. And uh, that's kind of, if you will, the, the clinical operations piece of this uh, uh, on the front. Uh, you know, the risk of the shout outs is I'm going to miss a whole bunch of people. But uh, this is uh, Dr. Richard Orlandi um, and Cameron Wright, a key member of his team, uh, Michael Bronson, Nikki Gilmore. Um, we've got a group of about eight or 10 people that work on the front end of this, if you will, um, the collection. So then you got to see what happens after you drool in the tube and how it gets processed on the back end. Tell me about that. And that's where the core lab team really comes to work. Again, a lot of innovation has, has gone into this. So um, I believe the number's 96 tubes are loaded into a cartridge, uh, into a rack. Now they're going to add the reagents that are necessary for the test. But think about it. You got 96 one-inch high tubes sitting in this rack. So the team went to work and to help with throughput, actually acquired a decapper, D-E-C-A-P-P-E-R, decapper. So the cartridge goes into the decapping machine where a whole bunch of mechanical hands come down, if you will, (laughs) and literally unscrew the caps uh, off of these uh, 96 uh, uh, specimens. And then from there, the, the decapped specimens go in under a hood, and that's where our core lab uh, team goes to work. Derek was uh, on point uh, running the bench the day I was there. As he explained about, I think they mixed it 10 times, if you will, uh, a micro pipetter first put in the reagent and then pulled it in and out of the micro pipette uh, 10 times to make sure it was mixed. Back in the decapper, now the recapper, R-E-C-A-P-P-E-R, those caps come back down on the cartridge. The cartridge goes into a a heat deactivator. The heat both deactivates, uh, if you will, the virulent properties of the coronavirus. It also deactivates uh, enzymes in our saliva. If we don't deactivate those enzymes, they could potentially degrade the coronavirus that they're trying to detect. From there, that cartridge with the reagents for the PCR reaction uh, go into the analyzer, and then the machine goes uh, to look for the uh, specific genes that have been identified as being uh, most reliable to uh, detect the coronavirus. If one of those tubes start to show a positive reaction, if they start to detect coronavirus, the instrument knows which sample and which individual uh, that ties back to. And uh, the tray I was watching uh, be analyzed, I think three or four uh, specimens were starting to show uh, coronavirus as the machine wow. cycled. And they kind of floated floated up to the top, if you will, uh, so that the team there could uh, take a look and uh, uh, they get a really nice visual display that they can uh, look at the pattern coming off the machine and visually confirm that, yeah, that looks like uh, that is the pattern we see when coronavirus is in the specimen. Just amazing, amazing innovation. The toothpick thing, I can wrap my head around. All the other stuff that you explained, I don't even know how people come up with that. Just an amazing group at CORS to uh, be able to 
not only do that type of testing, but then when called up to scale it up, it sounds like they just responded in such a great way. I am so impressed and I, I just want to reiterate um, how helpful this is to our, uh, to our campus. I've received numerous thank yous and compliments from uh, all across the campus. Any member of the University of Utah team with or without symptoms can, can now get a test. And, uh, you know, the, the piece of this has been taking the core laboratory capability, particularly the, the PCR capability, and then the team that just really came together. I mentioned Dr. Wyrick and Dr. Phillips. Um, Derek Warner was the one mixing the uh, reagents under the hood. Really a shout out for Derek. I think he's put a lot of the pieces of this puzzle together. James Cox, another member of the uh, core lab team who helped my tour, led me around, uh, introduced me to members of the team. Michael Powers, Brenda Smith, Elliot Francis. This isn't just one or two people coming together. This is three separate teams, the core labs, the clinical ops team, and uh, the IT team. And within each of those teams, there's probably six or eight people that played a, a leading role in, uh, in making all this happen. So uh, this is uniquely Utah, and it's so important and such a important service now available uh, here on campus. Have a question about a medical procedure? Want to learn more about a health condition? With over 2,000 interviews with our physicians and specialists, there's a pretty good chance you'll find what you want to know. Check it out at thescoperadio.com.